0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Hotelier Pulse Report live session. Joining us as well, of course, is Pedro Calauco, who is the CEO of Guest Centric and Great Hotels of the World. Pedro, you How are you doing? Good, good, good. I think
1: uh, we're all feeling much better now.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a general consensus that things are on the up. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Well, also joining us today, we have Mr. David Chesler, who's joining us from the United States. David is Partner and Senior Managing Director with ProVision Partners. David, great to see you again. How are you? Very well. Thank you very much. Good to see you both. <laughs> and you. It's always a pleasure to see you um excellent so listen why don't we get right into it oh actually before i do i mustn't forget to mention for everybody uh to download the latest edition of the report which uh leah is going to pop into the the comments section for everybody and of course we also encourage everyone to contribute to the upcoming editions and the link is uh or the link to the survey is going to be in the chat session as well that um leah will pop in there so uh please make sure that you do that because the more data we get the more richer the reports are and uh of course that helps everybody so uh let's get started i think um you know from what we're seeing in the 14th edition now of the Hotelier pulse report is that po- there's positive market signals coming up and um you know hotel bookings in the us last month exceeded uh 2019 values which i think is very impressive um and also adding to that last month's survey results showed that hotel occupancy and ADR expectations are increasing ahead of, obviously, our summer demand here and, of course, in in the U.S. And I think curiously as well, I read an article, um, David, which you might have also seen, that published some results from a booking.com study, and they said that 71% of adults in the U.S. say that there's an initial role after after the initial rollout of COVID-19 vaccines. It makes them feel a lot more hopeful and optimistic about traveling this year. So I think that's that's also um, a really interesting number, and I think it also shows the confidence that people get once they they have the vaccines, and uh, and I the importance of getting them out is truly important. Um, also, based on those findings, that uh, Americans kind of reevaluated the importance of the role that travel plays within their lives, and we were just talking about that actually, weren't we a little bit offline before we came on air? And, you know, it's really important. Uh, They deem it more critical than they did before the pandemic and how uh, they resonate with that. And it's, it's important for their emotional well-being as well. Okay, so also, folks, just one other thing, please don't forget that if you have any questions or comments for Pedro or for David, please throw them into the chat section. We'll get them on the on the session and uh, get them to answer them. So, uh, Pedro, why don't we start with uh, one of your uh, slides here? We've got uh, your report uh, from from last month, do you want to talk us a little bit through this one? And then we'll start getting sure, us- I, I just wanted to jump on,
1: on on the topic that you raised, which is uh, um, basically, we saw a large increase in bookings, in uh, in April, it almost doubled versus March. And actually, in the US, uh in april i.e almost a month ago if you think about it we had already more bookings um uh than in april of 2019 so truly it's almost like covid uh is over and uh and we're back on track to um certainly very dominated by leisure travel gds hasn't recovered yet uh but but we are seeing you know very significant increases in in bookings all around the place now I can also say, and obviously anticipating data for May, given that we're at the tail end of May, that in May we actually almost doubled bookings again um, worldwide. And that means that actually Europe is also very fast approaching 2019 levels. And uh, there seems to be just a very obvious correlation between vaccination, easing of travel restrictions, and travel, right? Uh, It seems that, you know as vaccination happens, governments ease travel restrictions. And there is this huge pent-up demand just uh, waiting uh, for revenge travel. And just as an anecdote, um, at Gastentric, we did our first physical. was actually a hybrid event yesterday in the Algarve in the south of Portugal. Um, and uh, we met up with about 35 or so, hopefully, uh, um, face-to-face. And we had about another maybe 60 to 70 online. And everybody was very optimistic. 96% of the people said that 2021 is going to be better than 2020. And I think a curious sort of note on this was the hotel that we stayed at was 98% occupied, almost all international travelers. And I would say demographics 25 to 35, overwhelmingly. So I thought it was very interesting that the younger crowd was just dying to jump on a plane and come to the sun. Um, and I think uh, we're seeing that, you know, in the US with, you know, with Florida and uh, and we're gonna continue to see that uh, across Europe, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. David, what, let, me, let me come to you with a question here now. Based, based mm-hmm. on that, in your view, how do you feel that this will, uh, this indication of revenge travel is gonna develop globally as more destinations reopen? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, um thank you. And
2: and uh, I I think revenge travel or just travel a, as a whole is going to continue in a very uh, special way. Um it's going to be controlled by governments and and limitations and and vaccination or more than vaccination, just the consumer confidence both on the side of health and then also also wealth, right? Um having the the wherewithal to be able to travel. Uh, fewer seats Price elasticity is going to be questioned. So there's a lot of things that are, that are coming up, but we're seeing really hopeful signs. Um, we, we've made uh, jokes here that, you know, um, the, the virus is, is cured here in the Americas in certain markets <laughs> during certain day parts, right, and, and week parts. Um, you're seeing Orlando, Las Vegas, again, anecdotally running very high occupancies, Um, speaking with a friend who's running a a very exclusive resort in the Caribbean. Um, He's now starting to see bookings come specifically from the U.S. So again, that consumer confidence that flights are being opened up and available and some of the restrictions that existed before, barriers, if you will, those frictions are being removed. So now you start to play into the whole you know, the Google and how it attracts consumers to aspire, what those local websites and and destination marketers are now licking their chops and using their Google analytics to be data-driven, right, and start to target the right audience and start thinking about the marketplace. Um, Pricing, uh, again, Central Res and Pedro will tell you they're getting pinged constantly now for statusing of rates and availability, which – That's something you wanna see in a market recovery. Um, And again, it's what are those markets and are they really the the big box properties or are they smaller uh, select service, limited service? Because opening the big boxes, uh, getting staffing is a challenge and then maintaining at those staffing levels, right? Where again, the discussion is there are enough uh, ways to get employees. It's that supply and demand conundrum you need employees, you pay more, you'll get them. And I think that's what we're kind of seeing happen right now. A recovery, an increase in demand. Some of the properties, big box, aren't open. So those properties that are open are going to get higher demand, have better control of their rates. And with that, you're going to see some really recover well and others that will continue to struggle deciding what they are going to do in this um, revenge travel
0: economy right yeah yeah uh pedro do you want to talk to this slide before i get to the next question or or yeah sure
1: absolutely i wanted to just to sort of make a note here that um obviously uh at least in europe we still see that a significant amount of hotels are were shut down in may so a lot of a lot more inventory is going to come online in june so uh the people that were open in may and took advantage of this sort of Uh, you know one of the guys yesterday said the tsunami of reservations because there was little uh, inventory obviously occupancies were higher let's see what's happened if this tsunami can really fill up all the inventory um, that's going to come online in June right that I think that's that's one of the questions that we have going on for June is you know uh, how much inventory is going to come online and how fast are we going to be able to fill it up I think the other thing that, uh, th- that, that I wanted to show you is this, uh, finan- this expectation of, of how is 2021 gonna uh, turn out, right? And I think that there's just optimism is setting into the industry, right? More people are now you know, looking at their on the books and saying, actually, from where I stand, 2021 is looking robust. Now, obviously always with a caveat, It's on the books. We don't know if things are going to go back because there's some strange variant that's going to force us to lock down again. Uh, But I think overall, there's a lot of optimism. I think the signals that we're seeing from the U.S. are also encouraging the Europeans to say, you know what, this seems to be holding up, Um, even with all the new variants. There aren't uh, even if there are cases, there aren't as many people in hospitals, there aren't as many people dying. So actually it seems that we have this under control. So let's hope that 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 holds, right? That fact. If, I,
2: if I can add to that, though, th- we need to temper this enthusiasm because you do have more of a leisure traveler coming right now. Um, the corporates have not returned with robustness. The large meetings or groups haven't returned. Um, I'm going to uh, my first event, in-person event, uh, in the month of June, right? Just in the beginning. But it, it, it really is, you don't have this full recovery yet, right? Yeah. So even with the robust reservations, it's have you pivoted to more leisure orientation? Do you have some longer stay opportunities? and And how are you starting to really address that market? Especially if you're in a, you know, Pedro, a leisure market, right? Where yeah. you can start to target a little bit
1: more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% with you on that.
0: Okay, great. Um, I've also noticed for the first time in the Hotelier Pulse series, uh, Pedro, the industry's expectations are that ADR may moderately increase in the next 12 months, which Where, is also yes. good. So, David, I'd like to ask you now, do you expect this trend to hold and evolve up until perhaps 2022? And what pricing strategies do you think hoteliers should take now to capitalize on the demand uh, in this uh, upturn that's coming? If there's demand, again, um, I'm not touching my rates if there's not a lot of
2: demand. I'm going to try and stay as as solid as possible to my my previous strategies. I'm going to look at my comp set if it still exists. Um, And I'm going to start to look at that and determine where do I need to position? Do I need to just hold my own and stay in the middle? Do I become a market leader in a certain market and I can position a little higher? Um, those are the strategies I'm going to look at. I'm going to be data driven. Um, yeah. Even if that means I'm not using an, an OTA Insight or, or a gain or similar, I'm going to uh, Trivago and I'm doing a search and rates of comp. I'm going to start to make some plans to try and hold my rate. Um, If I have a full complement of staff um, that I can run a full occupancy, then I'm going to try and do that. But those are the levers that I'm starting to play with is, do I have full complement of staff that I could fully open? And in my marketplace, where am I positioned competitively so that I could either keep my rate steady or i could start to increase it slightly so that i can be much more prepared for any demand because i want to convert i, I definitely need to convert any demand that comes to my website
0: yeah excellent we have a question from uh, olivier dumbe who is the chief chief operating officer at portier technologies and his question is uh what's the picture looking like for asia I don't know if you have any specific data around Asia, Pedro. We don't.
1: We really don't. We don't operate in Asia. So I only have really European and. uh,
0: Right. But I think. And and US data. I think it's fair to say, though, Asia's actually recovered well as well. I think they're definitely on on, on a good side of recovery. And I think in, in many cases, many countries had um, recoveries earlier than we did here in Europe and, and also in the U.S. So, Olivier, thanks for your question, but I think Asia is actually also quite strong <laughs> in terms of their recovery, for sure. And market uh, growth, David,
2: you- number of properties. I'm going to say market growth in the Asia-Pacific, um, Southeast Asia is going well. The number yep. of properties that have been uh, foreclosed is much more reduced than expected. So that you do have a lot of uh, land grabbing going on. Um, I mean, Olivier is brilliant. I I loved working with him before. Um, And I think watching the market with entrepreneurs like himself and others, they have a good sense of what's happening and really have their finger on the pulse. It's the owner asset owners. And where do they feel they are in capitalization to be able to invest in product and, and asset to improve its feature function? to deliver on the the experience for the guest, That's where the question mark is. Do you have the people ready to go?
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. And so I know it's a, a topic that's discussed a lot actually at the moment as well around the traps. We also have uh, another question from Alan Young. Alan, lovely to see you joining us again. Thanks for, for tuning in. Um, he says that American airline forecasts business demand could exceed pre-COVID levels starting next year. Um, do you feel that this statement is accurate? So David, what do you think? Not, uh, there's a high propensity for those of us that are remote wanting to get together
2: and, and have that business travel whether it's you know remote to our corporate and we need to have an internal meeting or we want to get in front of certain customers and, and partners uh, i.e you know I need to sit in front of a, a Pedro or you Andre or even Alan and you know the the, the question is the, the boundaries will Canada let us in to meet? Um, and, and again, I think a lot of concern is going to be, there is the, the financial wherewithal to do it, but I'm going to think twice before I do it to make sure there's a real reason for the meeting. And I might then, like we used to do in, um, in 08 or in 98, 97, there was that transformation into, I clustered my meetings and I go into a city for a period of time and I try and get as many as possible. So Back to those levels, I'm, I'm looking forward and I'm projecting that there will be some modest recovery, that there will be increased leisure travel, that leisure and business combination, that families will be reuniting with this consumer confidence again. Um, we see that the, the rental car industry is struggling to logistically move its assets around enough to cater to the demand um i was talking with a friend of mine starting a company about you know what about getting rvs for burning man is now the discussion right and being able to create these virtual clusters of properties there's so much thinking about what's next and what's new i'm really encouraged that it will be reinvented you are seeing new company types even oyo and others starting to form where they're becoming more than just a management company right so i i like entrepreneurs and what they're doing for us business travel will come back um it's the meetings convention stuff that's pushed out
0: yeah yeah okay great um pedro do you want to talk to this slide a little bit now What's yeah, this one talking about yeah, I, I,
1: I wanted to, to jump on alan's question i mean if you if you uh sort of if you look at what travel perk just raised uh, you'd say business travel is coming back strongly right travel perk just made, they had a massive round of, of funding um so somebody believes in that um our data doesn't show that yet right not what our uh, hotels are telling us in terms of their sentiment even though the the sentiment towards business travel did improve uh in uh in 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 may um and nor the gds right the gds has been on a very slow recovery compared to to the other channels uh, we are still not seeing robust growth there yet. Um, and I would expect, I would wait for those signals before I would ask, Al, uh, I, w- I would answer Alan's question saying, yes, I believe 2022 is going to be a good business travel year. I, I don't know that yet. I-, I I see contradicting signs in the market. Let's put it that way. I see, you yeah. know, investors putting huge amounts of cash into business travel. I see, Amer- uh, you know, American Express consolidating you know, business travel agencies. So those are signals that would, you know, give me sort of confidence that business travel is going to come back sooner rather than later. On the other hand, you know, from what I can see in the system and what our hoteliers are telling us, they're still a little bit iffy on this. Now, the good news is we are starting to see uh, some movement on the group inquiries um, thing. Um, starting in October of, 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 next, of this year, right, um, uh, we are seeing but there's been a significant decrease in group sizes. So size, groups are smaller, you know, stays are shorter. Um, but uh, I think, you know, if confidence builds, we'll go back to uh, maybe not the, the, you know, the day trip to London and do four meetings and come back uh, because people are more used to Zoom and, uh, and Google Meet and Teams and all the other platforms. Um, but certainly I think there's gonna be more people traveling. Yeah, I agree.
0: We also have another question here before we come back to to the rest of it, but I'd like to get this one as well from Marcus Muller. Marcus, great to have you joining us. Marcus is from Galvendi, and he's asking, do you guys foresee also that after a potential travel wave that there is a wave of guest complaints, bad reviews resulting from staff shortages and operational challenges? Interesting question. Um, What do you think, David? Yeah, again, I I think you also have a a much uh,
2: broader uh, vocal community now that have access to um, devices and and social sites where they can complain to their heart's content and do it with hashtags and similar. Right? They could take videos and I, I think TikTok. Um, I remember early days trying to is this going to be a benefit or and now I see a lot of uh, com- companies scrambling to prevent some of the the damage that some TikToks are doing to their brand. Um, You know, I I think we have a a very vocal um, traveling audience now who have become comfortable with devices. Um, There are companies that are creating um, uh, voice-to-talk AI chatbots and similar that make it very um, efficient to respond and guide guests in that type of engagement. And removing some of that pressure on your your human resources um, is going to be a critical path to the recovery, right? Um, and just business as usual, it's not going backwards. It's how do you go forward and using AI and video, you know, do I use a, a a Slack or a a type of system that enables my front desk to transform that's now more virtual. And I'm much more of a, an engaged agent with, with technology, you know, citizen M was very, um, efficient at, at that development, uh, plug michael right but i I think that's where you start to look at the marketplace and say who is going to really take a chance on taking and embracing the guest and having a conversation not just a transaction we started talking about that at hedna right a few years ago of how do you take it from just that ari transaction into a conversation with the guest and now it's starting to happen How are we embracing it and bringing it deeper into the organization and bringing down silos in our org structures and making it a conversation to get their preferences and understand their needs and wants. And, you know, the Travel Safe program we did with AHNLA, HTNG and, and OTA, we really put out more information about how hotels are opening and how buffets are changing. And doing this in a code-like fashion so that RFPs and RFIs for, for corporate travel, but also for the leisure traveler, we're giving more information to them to be armed and forewarned. And I think that's what companies like Pedro's and, and others are really looking to do, is to really engage the guest and, and become uh, more of a partner in their journey than just that, give me your credit card and and, you know, get on with it, right? Because yeah. it's the experience now and now yeah. after the lockdown talk about revenge i i want to see the world i want to be with my friends etc it's that consumer confidence and that direct conversation
0: yeah, I think it's also, you know, looking at what technology can do for your guest that you can't, but also don't get complacent about it. So make sure yeah. that you, whenever that, that engagement with the guest is necessary, that you, you're making that engagement. You don't just think, oh, well, I've got this bot in there or I've got that AI that can look after the situation for me. And I think perhaps we may even see from this, um, you know, some changes in operational Uh, procedures and standard operating procedures as well. And I think only for the better, because as we start to use that technology, it's only going to give more confidence to uh, the the hotels and the staff that are using it, and they'll start to perhaps trust in it a little bit more as well.
1: And and I've been talking to some other and they're really worried about this HR uh, issue, because what's happened is that some people I think have left the industry, you know, forever, right? Uh, other people are are rusty after you know sitting at home for for a year. So I think Marcus's uh, uh, question is spot on, which is you know are people going to be more tolerant because it's revenge travel and people are going to be more tolerant, or are, are actually they're going to be very demanding because prices have not gone down. All right, so that's that's really sort of the question, and we really don't know the answer to that yet. But I think that the only way to do this is. Hoteliers need to be more agile in the future, and they can only be agile with tech, right? Uh, if if tech recognizes their loyal customers, if tech pushes the right, uh, you know, the right thing to the right person, then you know maybe you don't need as skilled staff or as trained mm. staff. Um, and 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 I put up a slide here, which is something that worries me a little bit, which is we're talking about this. But actually, um, we have this question about what's your priority uh, for overcoming the COVID nineteen crisis? And upskill workforce is almost always the last point on the on on the on the chart for. And I think this is going to be critical for people that want to be successful going forward, right? Because if people continue to be very demanding and not more tolerant, you know, their reviews are going to suffer through this uh, revenge travel. And they're going to lose business in the future, right? So we really need to ensure that we give people good experiences and that the price is appropriate to the experience that people are getting. So I think this is a little bit of a word of caution here is everybody's excited for getting the reservations in, but now we need to deliver them with good quality or, you know, the next reservations are not going to come because, uh, you know, reviews are instant, right? Yes.
2: Well, and training. I mean, I understand they put it low and this is that, battle this this tug of war um, where training is so important to get your staff comfortable in operating this environment. I, I was reading the other day, a, a Southwest, an, an airline employee lost two <laughs> teeth because they were in the middle of a fracas on an airline because you have unruly customers still debating the mask, right? And I yeah. think, again, how do you train your staff to deal with this? How do you provide the the markings and the guidance to your guests of how to engage within your domicile asset? Um, A lot of this, you need better uh, um, uh, trained employees to engage with the guest, not lesser paid hourly wage employees, but really start thinking about who you bring in to engage with your customer, to engage with the technology and at a level that is befitting your brand, your your rating and, and your 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 mission, right? And I think that's what I'm looking for from the owners is it's not a race to the bottom to pay the least and increase your margin and markup. It's how do I provide the best experience for my guest and then the rest starts to follow, right? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And 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 honestly, just to add on to that, I think people will have to think. Um, I think everybody's busy reopening their hotels. So they're not thinking strategically right now. But honestly, I need I think people need to start thinking strategically. What's gonna happen in say, you know, August, September? How are they gonna be positioned for, you know, when COVID is over, are they gonna be in the right spot? Do they have the right skills in the workforce? Are they paying people appropriately so that they don't leave? For an extra, you know, hundred dollars at the hotel next door, and and I think people need to start thinking strategically right now, or they're going to be overcome by people that are actually thinking strategically right now. So, so I, I really think um, uh, this is the time.
0: Yes, sir. Yep. And also, I just want to thank Pedro Costa as well for his question. I think uh, Pedro, we got the answer there for you. Um, okay. So, just another another uh, point that I'd like to raise from the report as well is April twenty one. Uh, survey showed that two thirds of hoteliers are expecting this year to be better uh, than last year in terms of uh, revenues. Hmm. Um, now, obviously, we all know what happened after summer of last year. But now we're kind of in a different position with vaccinations. As I mentioned earlier on in the piece, you know, the, the vaccination is giving consumer confidence. Um, David, in, in your opinion, do you feel that this is a realistic expectation? Um, and, and what if anything, do you think could change for better or for worse?
2: Yeah, I think, again, there is a, an opening. I, I could talk locally or domestically in the Americas and the Caribbean, right? Even Mexico. Um, there's a, a lot of uh, travel happening. This is uh, especially you're looking back with the April report. We're in um, a, a holiday section uh, uh, in the Americas with Memorial Day weekend coming. Um, the focus on travel is, is pretty robust. Uh, TSA has seen pretty extraordinary levels of, of, um, of people uh, lining up. And I think, you know, that travel recovery is happening. Uh, properties are opening here domestically. And there are key markets, right, that are going through that recovery. But it's still that focus on that what's next how many will open? Um, What does that look like? The vaccinations and the EU's um, uh, agreement to allow vaccinated travelers is fantastic. And I think that's what you're going to see this summer is you're going to start seeing a real surge in bookings right now, um, even if some of them are canceled. And I think you're going to start to see some of the uh, rules uh, start to tighten up around reservations and bookings. Um, there was a, a cruise line that's been a, approved to do a test cruise in U.S. waters. So they were testing the fences there with, with what that's going to look like. And that will start to bring on another um, bit of travel. Um, so again, steady changes. We've seen it. Vaccinations continue. Um, better data coming out of the CDC and with the EU's agreement, it's that government support and it's the rules changing that will allow people to resume the travel. And that's the part that I'm watching. If there's all of a sudden a surge after this Memorial Day weekend, um, will they, you know, we're not shutting down again, but what type of restrictions will be imparted and are we at a point where enough people are getting immunized, and it's lasting long enough that we're in we're in a good state, right? So we will start to see the market buoy, and uh, again, that's what we're we're kind of looking at this summer with great interest, right?
0: Yeah, I think we are on this side of the pond too, Pedro. Do you agree?
1: A hundred percent. So, um, so w- what we're seeing is that you know. This is, um, uh, we have that question obviously in the survey. We, we asked also another question, which is, uh, when do you estimate your business will recover to the same financial position as 2019? And you can see that actually early in the pandemic crisis, a lot of people were very optimistic about 2021, and that slowly degraded. In May, we saw an uptick there, uh, both in 20, and, and a very large downtick in 2023. So optimism is setting in. Uh, by the way, it's not setting in at the same pace in all the di- in all the right in all the different segments. Resorts seem to be more optimistic than everybody else, and that's because you know they're seasonal businesses. If the summer goes well, they're gonna have a good summer. There's a lot of stuff on the books already. So I think resorts are feeling very, very confident. City center hotels were not feeling as confident in in May, but actually from our CRS data, we are seeing, um, especially gateway cities doing very well, uh, less so secondary destinations, but gateway cities are doing very well, um, in this, in these last four to six weeks. And then, you know, bed and breakfast is going up and down and up and down, but I think they should be doing well also because people are looking for smaller properties, uh, you know, more personalized experiences. So I think that that's, that, that, that segment is going to recover also. So overall, I feel very optimistic. The data tells us a little bit different. City center hotels are still pessimistic. Uh, We are seeing some early data, reservations data, that gives me more confidence that actually at least the primary cities, um, the gateway cities are gonna do well.
0: Excellent. Okay, great. Look, I think also in this edition, it's revealed that there's a growing expectation that corporate travel's uh, going to resume with a bit of uh, strength and momentum. Um, GDS, however, is um, showing a a small but steady recovery and group demand is returning focused on fourth quarter of this year and potentially second quarter of next year. Um, So, David, do you feel that um, this trend will continue to grow globally now um, with obviously vaccinations? But apart from the vaccination confidence, what, what other points do you think will be the reasons as to why we'll see this continue now? Are there small groups and meetings, Ethan? Um,
2: again I think what I, I've looked at some data from Noland and thank you, Christy and team. But uh what what you are seeing is that these smaller meetings are happening, whether they're family gatherings, weddings right now or some of the, the um fastest growing uh groups and small meetings that are happening. Um and, and that's exciting. Um, because, again, you're kind of taking that bubble theory of family and and, and extending it to some friends and family and having these events. I think, again, companies are going to start to think that way. Um, And and these smaller meetings and hotels using their, their space intelligently, which we sit and we talk about. We even have a work group within HTNG that's talking about how to do this. Um, both for the employee and for the attendees, right? Because there's a double impact and and the really savvy owners are thinking about their employees too um, because of the duty of care. And that will help the meetings and the small meetings and growing meetings happen because there is that, you know, it takes a village need to make it all come off that the attestations that are, are done at the front desk or, entering a, a facility are important, that you are doing either some form of uh, temperature check or or, or healthful measures uh, before you let people in. Um, even with the mass changes of vaccination, I think we're getting to a real interesting point. Uh, Germany is testing the self-sovereign identity and, and um, the, the ability to start tracking vaccinations and passport, right? So I think there's a new emergence coming Um, of how we're going to be able to travel and get to this vaccinated meetings and larger groups. But in the short term, I think we're going to do very well with these smaller planned gatherings, both corporate and personal. And the hotels are going to show the way um, in how to do that safely, maybe limiting the capacity in their large ballrooms and improving the filtration, which they're already doing. And that's what's going to help everyone recover. And I think it's just going about it in a planned fashion so the hoteliers, the owners and the operators know what they need to do to execute. And it's not left to to conjecture and mystery, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Pedro, you've got a slide here as well.
1: Yeah, so um, maybe let me just add a couple of questions then a couple of points to what David said and then I'll I'll add on to to the slide, which is, If you think about you know business travel or meetings or uh, you know i I agree with david we are seeing a significant amount of weddings uh happening and uh and 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 that's just natural business that hotels are going to get i also believe that you know as companies have downsized their offices that there's going to be an opportunity for hotels that prepare well for having small meetings uh you know maybe even without overnight stays but people now don't have big large conference rooms to, to hold, you know, 20 people. So if hotels can be smart about how they package their venues and uh, and and cater to that sort of business um, need of, you know, I want to do sort of a, maybe not an all-hands meeting, but I want to do a an extended management meeting where I take 20 managers into a room and I need, you know, some AV, I need some whiteboards, I need this, I need that and I just downsized my office because it makes no sense because nobody's coming to the office anyway, then I think hotels are going to be a natural, should be a natural uh, place for people to go to because they have the catering, they have the facilities, they should have the um, health and safety and regulation rules, right? Um, so, so, so I think that there's, there may be a, a business opportunity there in your local markets to go after the, this sort of business. Um, I think as it relates to business travel, I do believe that a lot of it is going to depend on travel restrictions as you know, more destinations open up from non-essential travel to travel. I think that's going to give corporates the confidence to put people back on planes and back on, on, I think the small, small business is probably going to be the first one to embrace business travel because it's more agile, right? You, you, you feel less constrained by rules and regulations if you like you know, large businesses is gonna take a, a little while longer because they have legal counsel and they have, you know, huge HR departments that want to, you know, dot all the T's and uh, dot all the I's and, and cross all the T's before they put people on planes. Um, but I do believe that over the course of the next four quarters, I would say over the next year that we're gonna to get to some kind of new normalcy. Now, the question is what level is that gonna be? Is that gonna be, you know, better than 2019, the same as 2019 or, you know, less than 2019? And honestly, I don't have a crystal ball for that. And and yeah. the data that we see in the GDS doesn't allow us to make any predictions yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. And interestingly enough, I don't think Australia will be... Um, <laughs> I always come back to Australia, don't I? I know, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, mean, I did I did hear or um, read uh, last week that uh, even with the vaccination rollouts and the success of that, that they're intending to ke- keep their international borders closed until the middle of 2022. So, obviously, that's going to be a destination that is not going to be encouraging um, the the type of travel that we've just discussed now or spoken about. Uh, You
1: know, at the end of the day, it also depends on how much tourism is for the GDP, right? If tourism is relatively low percentage, then, you know, some countries like Australia may decide to, you know, not open up their borders. Um, Yeah. Uh, but uh, but we are in the tourism industry, so for us, it's a shame that Australia chooses. to Yeah, do it, all.
0: it is, isn't it? I, I find it very much yeah. a shame. And Australia relies on tourism heavily. That's a major component yeah. of the economy. So it's um, it's a very interesting thing. And I think I, I'd be curious to know if they maintain that, or if uh, even the citizens say, "No, no, no, we need to <laughs> we need to open up. <laughs> business has to keep moving yeah. forward." Yeah. Um, all right. Excellent. Um, final question I have for for you as well um, in terms of uh, the report before we move on to some others but um, throughout the economic fallout the direct channel obviously we've seen has been the most resilient it's been a, a strong performer especially outperforming perhaps for the first time in a number of years at the OTAs and recovering faster ahead of um, summer's demand so David to tap into your distribution skills now what should hotels be doing to maintain control of that channel the distribution as as life continues to return to normal and and um with third-party competitors ramping up investment into the visit like and, inv- and vi- visibility into that piece so clearly we're going to see the the otas now start to ramp up their uh, marketing campaigns their investments so you know obviously the the direct channel is critical for hotels it's very important but how can they maintain the, the traction that they've grabbed over this period and, and, and hold it and move forward with it. Yeah. Well, it, it's an interesting scenario. And
2: I, you know, um, for all my years, I, I love OTAs. I think they've pushed the boundaries on what booking engines and what customer yeah. merchandising really is about. And if you compare and contrast the, the hotel booking engine with the, with the OTAs and we'll lump them into, you know, some of the larger ones, not long tail. Um, It's a phenomenal booking experience. You get everything you want on the page from user-generated to images, etc. It's pretty robust. Um, I think the Google and TripAdvisor have really helped in kind of democratizing access to consumer eyeballs. The OTAs are still a very important channel of customer acquisition. The same with Meta, right? and you know the, the, the pay-per-click and the customer acquisition models are all there to help hoteliers, asset owners, acquire customers. If I use it properly, if I use that power wisely, I'm able to start to pick up those new customers that once they experience me and my brand and my, my, my vision, um, they're gonna book with me direct next time, provided I give them a, a good quality experience on the booking process, that I do have access to rates and alternative uh, amenities and and, and upgrades and things of that nature that allow me to get the experience that I'm seeking. Even the aspirational piece, the type of pictures that I, I display, all of that will support that book direct effort. But using your business mix, where you're located and how you support the OTAs is a valuable method for acquiring net new customers that might not find you unless they know your brand name or are coming to your market and are doing the real research around the Google and similar. Um, That's going to be very important. Uh, And the drive direct, I think, is here to stay. I think hoteliers, both management companies, brands and independents, they all recognize the value of the business mix and are starting to be more intelligent about it. I think channel managers because of that really got a a good foothold in the market because the central res and PMSs weren't integrating enough of those channels that competed with that drive direct. So I, I think right now having multiple booking engines, driving direct, investing in customer acquisition is really going to be important for those few customers that really are traveling now and improving my ability to capture them into my, um, brand and my, my offers.
0: Right. Yeah. Pedro, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. Uh,
1: well, very insightful as always, but, um, uh, what I would say is the following, right? So, so I'm, I'm with David, this, the, uh, consumers, um, we we talk a lot to our customers right and a lot of them say you know consumers don't only book they book and then they call because they want to ask you know our restaurants are open is this happening is that happening right so so this needing so i think there there were two experiences one was when the pandemic exploded the whole issue with you know non refundable rates do i get you know do i get a voucher do i get this do i get that i think the experience through the otas was far from perfect and I think people that booked Direct had a much better experience because they were negotiating direct with the hotel. Um, and therefore, you know, there was a cluster of people there that, you know, maybe were more, um, you know, gained some loyalty to the Book Direct channel. I think the second wave here is is one of, I need information on the destination. I need to know stuff. And I can only get that truly from the hotel. So that's going to drive even more loyalty to the Book Direct channel. And, and so that's on the consumer side. So I think consumers are, you know, more willing to book direct. On the other hand, hoteliers are, are seeing that, you know, actually they did all the heavy lifting, right? In terms of the cancellations and in terms of, you know, making sure that these guests are coming through and that they feel confident that they can stay at their hotel. So they're saying, I'm doing all the heavy lifting. I should get more direct, right? I should pay less, right? And commissions have not gone down on the OTA. So, so mm-hmm. I think they're also more aware that, direct is important and that they can drive direct now Mm -hmm. there's sort of a even a third element to this which is a little bit tangential but is relevant in certain destinations that are heavily tour operated right with people like jet 2 and you know all the guys that you know in europe mostly those destinations the tour operators have not come up yet and actually this first wave of travel is direct and otas so Again, that reinforces confidence in hotels that they can actually do good business and fill up their hotels without relying so heavily on the on the tour operators. So I think if you put all these three together, I think that there's going to be a newfound focus. I think they're going to be focusing the next couple of months in reopening, making sure that guests are satisfied, reviews don't suffer, and so on. But afterwards, um, they're going to be thinking, you know, how can I keep this going? Right? How can I keep my direct channel as strong? As it has been over the last uh, over the last year, yeah. and uh, and that's where you know uh, people like us come in, and 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 so many other people that can help hotels, um, you know, drive direct.
0: Mm. As as obviously hotels start to reopen now, um, traveler confidence I think also plays a role in in how they respond. So. Um, We're hearing a lot in the market about how how hotels should be offering flexible pricing policies across their channels, considering, you know, offering refunds on cancellations, flexibility on reservations and date changes. Uh, Other than those uh, things, uh, David, where do you feel that hotels can really kind of reassure travellers that, you know, just to give them that confidence again in travelling? Because yep. it is still it is a, a, still a little bit unknown. If you make a reservation, you commit to it financially. Um, it's a bit of a risk for some. Yes. Well, and again, I think the brands have done a
2: wonderful job improving the, the, the safety and, and cleanliness. Uh, some called it um, uh, cleanliness theater. Or, and it, it, it's not. I, I think, you know, the brands have done a wonderful job in addressing it. AH and LA here, um, uh, American uh, Hotel and Lodging Association, has really rallied um, a lot of the owners uh, to to really focus on that cleanliness theater and making sure the guest feels safe. Um, AHNLA, HCNG, like I said, did the Travel Safe webinars because of work groups and and Marriott and Wyndham and Choice and, and Pegasus and others um, coming behind with this um, Travel Safe program and doing the... The, the the OTA 2.0 focus um, to get more data out and make people feel comfortable. More inclusion on their website, like Pedro was doing, to have the hotels really share what they're doing and how they're addressing COVID-19 concerns. Um, these are all the things that we need to do to keep communicating. Um, I don't think it's going to change for a while because, mm-hmm. again, there's... Even country to country, anecdotally, hearing friends going from the U.S. through Frankfurt to Dubai. um, There are differing tests and differing requirements, even though this person may be vaccinated. Now, this is all conversation. And until you start getting real data points out there, until the airlines start embracing and sharing how effective and efficient they're being at these cleanliness protocols, that not as many people are getting sick traveling the way they were before or if ever i think that's the data points that we need to start getting out there to again give the consumer confidence Uh, they just need to be spoken to as adults they may not always act like adults hence the the steward that got two teeth knocked out but i I think we've got to rise above it and and you know We've got to act more like adults and and get the data and make good decisions uh, because the market's opening and we need to do that together. Um, Very important. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Pedro, any other comments? Um, My only comment is is,
1: um, what I would say is we've got to keep the flexibility and cancellation policies, but I think we're going to start seeing that tightening up. I start seeing, you know, some of our customers getting a little bit worried that on the books is just on the books and that people may have booked multiple hotels and they're going to maybe see a flurry of cancellations because they maybe booked a hotel in destination A and a hotel in destination B and a hotel in destination C just to make sure that they could lock in some reasonable pricing for the summer. Um, So I think uh, we're going to start seeing uh, cancellation policies tightening up uh, if people want to have the best rate. I think there's just that, there's that optimism and that confidence that people um, uh, will, will, will start booking, you know, tighter uh, cancellation policies. I'm not sure, honestly, as a consumer, I wouldn't book anything that's not, you know, doesn't have like a 24 or 48 hour, I would say 48 hours is f- fair enough, right? Uh, you don't need a 24 hour window. But honestly, if a hotel gets a lot of cancellations within 48 hours, how are they going to get rid of the inventory? um so i think we are still not out of the woods in that respect and um and even if they claim to have non-refundable rates and so on and so forth i'm not sure that that's enforceable you know force majeure comes in there's all these other things people are just more educated around these things so i'm I'm not sure that i would you know come up with very very tough cancellation policies maybe something like seven days in advance or something reasonable um but um uh, But I I think we're not out of the woods uh, on cancellations yet, (laughs) to be very
0: honest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. We have a a question as well from Ricardo. Oh, boy. Condesierra Fernandez. (laughs) Ricardo, great to have you joining us. Thanks for your question. He's asking, do you think that for the next years we'll see an increase on direct reservations coming from travel agents and will guests start to value, again, their personal and direct input and opinion on which hotel to choose? David, what do you think? Yeah,
2: I I think let's define travel agent. Um, Influencers have become somewhat travel agents. Um, There are brands, uh, whether they're uh, publishers or similar, that are becoming agents, Uh, maybe not just travel agents, but recommending what to buy and what you should like as a consumer. Um, I, I think that influence marketing and adding more data into that buying decision is, is going to continue. Personalization has been everyone's buzzword for a while. I think that that's really going to start to come to fruition the more you have companies building CRM and you know central data lakes where they're able to really understand who their consumer is. Those are going to become really important as e-commerce and, and distribution and marketing all start to converge. Um, you know, the CIO become the CMO becomes the e-commerce man. It, it's all blending. And I, I think, you know, as Pedro's saying, the rules, rules are getting complicated and and I might need technology to help manage that for me, because if my occupancy gets to if then if then decision trees, you're going to need some more real time decision making pricing engines and and AI especially, to start adding into the mix and helping with that personalization. So it's an exciting future. I love seeing the hotels starting to come back. I love seeing entrepreneurs thinking creatively. The questions we got, everyone's really thinking about an open market, and that's what we need to be doing. So uh, I I love it. and I'm excited about the future.
0: Yeah, I fully agree. All and, right, and
1: well, if I if I can if, if I can add just one one note to that, and Andre, please, I please, think please. travel management companies in the corporate sense are going to do well because I think you know even smaller business may now start to rely on travel management companies um, because of the duty of care issue, right? Just started to offload the responsibility. To be very honest, right? Uh, I do believe that travel insurance companies are going to do extremely well mm. uh, as people, you know, up there, you know. Uh, their insurance for their employees, just to make sure that they can be, you know, um, t- taken care of if they're traveling on business. Uh, I'm not so sure about uh, leisure travel. I'm uh, I'm ambivalent on that. I I do believe that some more conservative consumers are maybe going to re- go back to the old old travel agent to to book their stuff. Uh, but I see this 25 to 35, 25 to 45 booking direct on EasyJet on, you know, Southwest Airlines, booking the hotels direct and booking everything themselves. And they're not going to go back to calling somebody up and say, Hey, what do you recommend in Miami? Or where can I stay in Denver? Uh, I just don't see that happening. It's like David was saying, they're going to rely on influencers on you know curated uh, inventory On stuff like that right new OTAs
2: Pedro new OTAs (laughs) that are coming out that will use technology to give direction that will use locals to give you advice on what to do where to stay and then you'll be able to buy it online as as more technologies the 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 you know RESDs and similar of the world uh redeems come out and uh, and keep connecting right um that's the exciting part we're just at the beginning right since Al Gore invented yep. the internet a few years ago, <laughs> and, you know, it, it really has has changed. It's not just you know brochures online; it's really live and and exciting. So, yep. agents will change.
0: That's a very good point, David. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen. Well, on that note, I think we better wrap it up. We're at our time. Um, thank you very much for joining us, David. It's been always a pleasure talking to you. It's lovely to see you again. Hopefully we can catch up again in person in the not too distant future. Um, in Berlin. We're, we're going to Berlin. There you go. Very good. And I'd also just like to remind everybody to make sure that you get the latest report. Um, Leah will throw the, the, the link in the chat uh, comments section again, and also to encourage you all to contribute to the next uh, upcoming editions. And the link will also be in the, the comments section. So um, definitely worth doing because as I said earlier, the more data we get, the more richer the conversations are. So gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. To the watcher, the, the viewer, thank you for taking the time and, 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 and tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. And until next time, next month, bye for now. Thank you very much. Take care.